will to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. We dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. The world is very different now, for man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. So let us begin anew, remembering on both sides that civility is not a sign of weakness and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate. Let both sides explore what problems unite us instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. New intro time! Oh, I loved it. That was fantastic. And playing on repeat! (laughs) (laughs) The the sound guy screwed up again. That's me! (laughs) Uh, Aaron, it's been a while since we had that failed live show and gathered at the tavern so oh it was so fantastic that none of you showed up see now i'm convinced we don't actually have listeners and this is just us screaming talking into the void uh once a month it might be but i figured after our live show it was time to premiere a new intro and you just heard it here today that is our new intro uh Let's start off talking about our beer because we were supposed to record a week ago. (laughs) There were some uh, family arriving unexpectedly issues, (laughs) but we were both able to find this beer I recommended. And this is Logarithm Lager, Vienna Lager, 5.9% alcohol by volume by Rock Brewing Company. Yes. I I saw this at Wegmans. experience this was to get. And I thought... This was a fun looking beer. So I chose this. So because it's never simple for me, you even got it from Wegmans, which should have been as easy for me as possible. Right. So you sent me this is the beer for the week. And I was like, okay, perfect. I can see the price tag for Wegmans. I know I can get this at Wegmans. It seems standard enough. No problem. Um, Throw, you know, I'm, I'm doing an Instacart, throw open the Wegmans app, add it to the list. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. So I'm putting together my normal shop for the week, get everything on there. I go to look for it. They don't have it. I was like, okay, okay. Seasonal specialty, maybe something going on. No problem. I've been down this route before. I just have to pick a beer from the same brewery and then just chat them the second they start and say, Hey, Swap it out for this. All good. No problem. They don't have Rock Brewing Company anywhere on the Wegmans app. And oh. their search their search function is awful. Oh, yes. And yes, you is. like you put in like Rock Brewing and it's like, are you, do you want Tide Pods? No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not Gen Z. I'm, I'm not going to eat it. I'm much smarter than that. I, I was like, I just want where I was like, OK, I'll try this. I'm, I, I can't put it on there. I can't put anything equivalent. So I'm just going to put everything normally that I put on there. And then once a the chat happens, I'll chat them and be like, hey, can you can you find do you have this in this Wegmans? Because I don't know what Wegmans they're shopping at. That's the other fun thing with where our location is, because there are two Wegmans equidistant from us. And I don't know Instacart Wegmans parameters, but it's just sort of random of which one it will choose and send the order to. So I'm shooting blind here. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, 
wait till the person starts shopping and then I'll say, hey, here's a picture of the beer. Can you find this? And if you find it, please add it to the order. So, um, you know, I get the notification. So-and-so is shopping for your order. Sends a very nice message. Hey, I've been working with Instacart for the last three years. I know what the hell I'm doing. Whatever you need, I got you. You know, let's chat. You know, hope you have a wonderful day. And I was like, hey, okay, we're off on a good start. So I say, you know, hey, just wondering if the Wegmans that you happen to be shopping at has this beer. Um, if they do, please add it to the order. Be a huge help. Thinking, you know, this this could this could be easy. This could be the way. I'm not going to have a good story for Jake not using my uh, magic gas station because the beer fairy hasn't shown up yet. Um, but we're going through Wegmans. We're going through this process. So I get a message back, you know, no problem, man. I'm on it. I'll find it. I'm like, great. He's doing his other shopping. And I got a, I get a message and he's like, oh man, I'm so sorry, but I can't add it to your order. And I was like, oh, do they not have it? And he goes, no, they got it. They got two, four packs left, but the system isn't letting me add it to your order because there's no age saved in here. I've bought beer so many times from Wegmans. And now you decide to lose my credentials or whatever. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to go out to Wegmans later today or find find a way to take the kids with me. And I'm just like, crap, but uh, we got stuff going on. So I was like, all right, I'm trying to figure out a game plan because this was uh, kind of because you sent me this the day before uh, we were supposed to meet before I knew that random family was supposed to show up. So um I was like, okay, I have very limited time to figure this out. And then, you know, the order gets delivered. You know, he was fantastic. Five stars gave him a tip. And we find out that, you know, now we have, you know, we might have family coming in. We need to get some extra food. So I'm like, all right, I'll put in another order. I'm going to put just a random fucking beer on the list. And then that should trigger all the age consent stuff. And then I can ask this new person for the beer. So we put together another order. I just pick a random beer for my wife and we're get, I submit the order. And sure enough, the person who's shopping for us is the guy that sent the order the last time earlier in the day. So I get the same message and I was like, hey, it's me from earlier. He's immediately like, was everything OK? Did anything go wrong? I was like, what? No, you're fantastic. <laughs> He's like, oh, OK just whoo like just making sure and i was like no no everything's good uh we have family coming in just need some extra stuff but i think i fixed the problem there's a random beer on the list do you do you still think you can find uh the one he just he cuts me off in text and he's like i got you bro i'm going there first don't you worry about it he runs over he takes like six pictures he's like i got he sends me a picture of it on the shelf a picture of it in the cart picture of him checking out He's like, you're getting this beer. You know, we got this worked out. He showed up at the door and he was like, he was like, oh, you're the one I've been talking to. I got the beer, man. I found it. And so it was like, I was happy. He was happy. I gave him a big tip. It was a lot of fun. But what are the odds of getting the exact same Instacart shopper in the same day? I don't know. <laughs> so that that is the story of, of how I got the beer you just walked into the store and picked it up off the shelf so yeah you you ready to try this yeah i could smell it right off the bat it's got it's that sm- <laughs> my splash in my face it's angry 
It's got that lager smell to it. Better than a Pilsner. That's not bad. Yeah. Not it's... overpowering. Nice light notes of beer stuff. <laughs> it it is definitely smooth but complex. Yeah. I would agree with the line of well balanced uh German style lager. Well, it did spit in my face when I opened it, so that sounds very German to me. Oh. It's a good beer. Mm. Mhm. It's enjoyable. I don't think we've had a bad one from Rock Brewing Company. No, I don't think so. It's not like the- that Empire Brewing. Oh god. That we had. Oh, they should just stop. Like just don't don't I'm very, I've been impressed with them. I, I'm I'm positive that one of the high up execs at uh, Rock Brewing obviously listens to our podcast as we are the quintessential Rochester political non political theory podcast. So, uh, Rock City Brewing, um, or Rock Brewing Company, if you, you know, we're we're happy to take your sponsorship and we'll drink all of your beer and it'll yeah. be easier for me. Yeah. But I'm sure I'll find some way to fuck it up and still have to have a story. Behind yeah. getting it delivered. Yeah, you'll probably have to go pick it up at their factory, which I think might be in the city. And you'll be like, I can't get out there. And I had <laughs> some guy pick it up for me, but he's like, I don't got your ID on file. <laughs> so, I drove to the wrong neighborhood, gave it to some kid. Before we uh, cut to the chase today, Let's uh, just get the awkward ad stuff out. And I'm just addressing it's an awkward ad instead of trying to trick you into it. But uh, as normal, Ridley's <laughs> Gaming Realm on Facebook is our sponsor today. They so are. What do they do, Jake? They Please are enlighten a me. private Facebook group where people Ooh. can buy and sell classic games and talk about classic games. They oh. have over a thousand members. And in their over year of service on Facebook so far, they've had no fraud in their sales, which is actually, I I don't do the Facebook stuff that much, but apparently is a very good thing to have. Apparently a lot of Facebook groups do have fraud in their sales that they have to deal with, which Ridley's gaming realm does not. That is fantastic. So if you like classic games, check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. Tell them the Bull and Moose Tavern of DFAT Entertainment sent you. I'm sure we are like the number one driver to their Facebook page. Oh, yeah. It's not like our most listened to podcast and sensitive culture on the network uh, drives any business to them. It's all through our four listeners. Yeah. I mean, to be to be completely honest, does do our uh you know sister shows like do they even really put out any content <sighs> Nothing i mean it's at all. just like there's recycled garbage from other you like, know see i can make fun of them because i know none of them actually listen to our podcast <laughs> we get out a show once a month if we're lucky they're doing like weekly content who has time to listen to a podcast on weekly i mean no. if i were a podcast listener like i am i would check out gutsy media and scatterday nights and insensitive culture and critical mass all great podcasts on the critical or on the defat entertainment network that uh, get podcasts out way more than we do and get higher listenership than we do but they don't have random non sequitur political theory which is what everybody wants nowadays right it is but you know what well we're on the 
DFAT Entertainment Network really quick. And this will segue into our topic today. I believe we need to address that DFAT is going to war. That's right. Gutsy Media has brought a war to DFAT. And it's going to be a movie challenge thing happening soon. So check out our social media to keep in mind for when we play the blockbuster game as a podcast network on a podcast. That's podcastception right there. That is. It is. Uh, you know, in the world of movies, you have to have podcastception. And I have actually played uh, the blockbuster game with Bob. It's a ton of fun. Uh, you pick three cards and they each have a category like animation best picture and i think there's 10 categories and the point is your team has to win 10 all 10 categories and each round you can do uh with the three cards you have to pick one where you can say one word to describe it one where you can say a line from the movie to describe it and another one where you have to charades act out the uh movie oh that sounds awesome so i when i played it with um uh had when Harry met Sally. So for this completely audio method, I'm going to show Aaron what I did, but I did the, uh, the Sally I'll, pounding. I'll, I'll, on... I'll narrate it for them. Okay. Oh, oh, he's, he's uh, having a, a stroke. Maybe he's making when a face. It was uh, when Sally faked the orgasm at the diner. <laughs> so defat what is that? What? What? Nothing. <laughs> defat wars how many more shameless plugs we got to do that that's it now we can actually hop into our political movie and talk uh judge dread yes <laughs> not the 2016 one we're talking about the sylvester stallone 1994 judge dread is that when it came out i don't know i gotta look it up i feel like i should know this i mean I looked up a bunch about this movie. 1995. I was one year old. So we're talking about the politics of the world of the 95 Judge Dredd movie. Yes. This was your recommendation. I, yes. Mainly because when we first had the idea to review a movie, but discuss the, the political nature of it with idiocracy, I was like, ooh, what other weird, obscure, cult-ish movies could we watch that are fun and ridiculous, but somewhat relate to politics? And then for whatever reason, Sylvester Stallone popped in my head and Judge Dredd and I am the law. I am the law. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, this Dredd. <gasps> this this movie. The, the, the evidence has been fabricated against me. Oh, the, this... act, the acting skill in it is i mean uh it it exists i don't i, I don't know i how mean else. anytime a movie starts with rob schneider for like <laughs> it felt like a good 20 minutes introducing the movie i didn't say when i started watching it, i was like wait rob schneider was in this how did i not realize that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm rob schneider Hey, look at Aaron making <laughs> some faxes. Aaron at the fax machine. Okay. Bad SNL uh, analogies over. <laughs> so 
yeah, this is a science fiction movie taking place in the future due to climate disasters and other things. The United States has been fractured and is now just a bunch of mega cities. And this follows a mega city like within the Boston region, I believe, is where this movie takes place. Sounds about right. Um, And it follows a world in which the law has now been taken over by the judges and the judges are now uh, cop, jury and judge for your crimes. So it is now a world without the old laws in it. Right. Everything's so. been um, what like basically you know, updated to fit, you know, the, the current world um, what was I, I did a little bit of research. There was like a. um there's a particular phrase that they use to explain it. It was like instant, instant justice or. Sounds about right. Yeah. Instant justice. So I think one of my favorite scenes to really get the idea of the political scene, uh, especially when it comes to the law is early in the movie when a super wealthy kid gets caught drunk driving and dreads the one who shows up and you know, he he's trying to be like, do you know who my dad is? Yada, yada. And Dred's like. Illegal parking a vehicle, hitting another vehicle four years and just is going off listing <laughs> these crimes. And then as he walks away, he's like third infraction car destruction. And he's like, no, not the Lamborghini. <laughs> and Judge Dredd like pulls out his gun and explodes the car. <laughs> Like with other cars around, completely oblivious to the fact that like he's causing mass destruction in oh, the yeah. city. Y- you know, like there's no other cops that cause mass destruction and trying to protect. Sorry, sorry. Well, he's he's a judge. He's not worried about protecting other people. It's all about carrying out the sentence to get people to prisons so they can work their crimes off, because I'm guessing in this world, it's still legal to have slaves as long as they're in prison. <laughs> they they, they didn't do away with part that of part the of the bill. Of the rights. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, freedom of speech. No, we don't need that. Right to bear arms. No. Peaceful assembly. Absolutely not. No slavery. I mean, uh, it has this clause in here that uh, even though slavery has been abolished, you can still do it if they're in jail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's keep that one. Yeah, let's get rid of get rid of all the rest. Get rid of all the rest. The rest is garbage. Yeah. I feel like the founding fathers would have approved of this future law, right? Mega city. Yeah. Wait, no, they all wanted everybody to be simple and farmers and, you know, just sort of keep to yourselves. This movie, like the post-apocalyptic world it set up almost didn't make sense because when they were explaining how many people lived in Mega City and how like the land around Mega City was irradiated and dangerous and all this. And I'm going, unless the dead bodies are getting turned into meat, there is no way that this city is feeding itself. Are we reaching a Soylent Green level thing here where people are totally eating people to survive in this big of a city? 
I would go with that the majority of people are eating bugs. Ugh. And it's Ugh. like like that perfect protein, you know, that's really just like bugs and stuff. But it's it's like mashed like it's not beyond meat, which is just as gross uh, as eating bugs, in my opinion. But it's like, you know, like, oh, it's it's a food bar. What's the flavor? Uh, food bar flavor. But like the rich will have their food bars like shaped into meat. That's what I'm guessing. They're definitely not a vegan society. I'll tell you that much. Or maybe they're growing. I mean, it's a mega city. Maybe they're growing cows in like an underground like bunker. Maybe it, adding to the global warming that's causing the mega city. Yeah, they just have a vent, just venting methane gas into the air. Hey, well, Jake, if you feed cows seaweed, they don't fart as much. I don't know. In watching this movie, I was like, the post-apocalyptic situation they describe doesn't seem that far off when we're reaching record temperatures out west and now like a whole California city apparently has burned down over this week. Um, but like the scenario they set up doesn't really make sense at the same time. But what? that doesn't get down <laughs> to the really weird political system that had been established. Mm-hmm. That it was like so it's the judges and what is it? The tribunal mm-hmm. are like the five senior judges that rule over everything. So no more juries. No more no. governments, really. No, it's the tribunal or whatever they're called. Just enforcing the laws. Yeah, kind of. Yes. Now, the whole point of the movie was that there's one senior judge who does not agree with the rest of them and he wants to start killing more people i believe or sending more people to prison the evil guy yeah the evil guy not Uh, the not the brother the evil judge i mean that shows you how good this movie is the plot is just super easy to remember right doesn't one of the older judges also sacrifice himself oh we're gonna get to that because i actually have something interesting to say about okay I think it's well. Uh, well, j- one of my fa- just popped in my head. One of my favorite lines with the with the evil judge is when he kills he kills the guy and he goes, "What a fantastic one liner! Who said politics isn't fun?" <laughs> <laughs> just, just it's fantastic. Like that, I feel like sort of epitomizes like the. I almost feel like the Judge Dread like political world was written by people who don't understand how politics works but pay attention to it (laughs) so it's like this is totally feasible right like the like kind of like someone who's like had like a like a misdemeanor or something and had to go in front of a judge and like maybe for like having like an ounce of like marijuana and got like kind of a slap on the wrist because you know their dad was rich but you know, they were totally like pissed off about it. Like, no, this could totally happen, man. Like judges, they just have so much power and control. And, you know, society collapse. They just take over, man. Because like, that's just what they do. They want to control us. Like, I feel like that's how Judge Dredd came to be. Yeah, no, I, I feel like that is not far off. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it is a criticism of the police state. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to read the comic book that this is actually based on and see how the source material has got to be better than this right. movie. Um, but to get to the like overall plot, uh, so Judge Dredd is like the most famous judge 
And we find out that there's another judge that's in jail because he went rogue and started killing people instead of sending them to prison. And so they caught him and sent him to prison. Someone helps him escape. Turns out it's the evil senior judge. Now, Rico, the evil judge, is actually Judge Dredd's brother and best friend when they're at the academy because they're clones of previous judges. And Rico kills someone. And because judges' guns are mapped to DNA, Judge Dredd gets blamed because Rico has the exact same DNA as judge dread even though they have different facial structures you know they're not twins right <laughs> they're brothers wait wait twins twins can't look different well i mean they can but they still don't have the same dna even twins that look the same don't have the same i was told that when arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito were <laughs> twins it was very plausible that that could happen uh yeah sure identical uh, twins So now Judge Dredd gets sent to prison for killing a reporter who was about to expose the judges, but he didn't kill him. And it's all a plot to convince this real senior judge to leave. So the evil senior judge could become the senior judge and become, I don't know, it it just gets confusing. And then Rico takes over and then there's these awkward looking, fastly produced clones that were going to become judges. It's a weird movie. The Clone Wars, man. There's cannibalism. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird political movie. Well, it's clearly an authoritarian state. Like, yes. Democracy is clearly gone. It is clearly an authoritarian state with a strong class structure with the judges at the top. Then some wealthy people like, first of all, that reporter never would have gotten nearly as close on reporting as he did. He right. would have been taken out a long time ago. The fact that like he made it as far as he did was like, <laughs> this isn't how an authoritarian state works. This guy would have been shut up. <laughs> Someone's not doing their job or paying attention. Yeah. Like they would have shut him up. Right. Yes. Uh, the, the, it is, the longer you watch the movie, it is increasingly clear that the person who created the world for the movie has really no idea of how politics. No, like, not at all. Not at all. Does not understand a thing. It was like, this will be a cool story. This is a comic book. And this <laughs> right. was back before comic book movies were good. <laughs> like, uh... I don't know. Like, there's some weird movies from this time, but, like, Demolition Man is a better post-apocalyptic <laughs> politics movie than this movie was. Add it to the list. We'll do that one next. Oh, I've got a couple for that list. Uh, I actually think we should cover uh, The Warriors and Escape from New York as Ooh. political movies. Nice. I And just keeping with post-apocalyptic worlds. Tune and- in here. For all of your DFAT political movie podcast news. Yeah. Maybe uh, we'll intersperse those in after our, our announcement on our new series at the end of the episode. Stay tuned for that announcement.
little mid podcast tease yeah or, you know quarter podcast tease i don't know how long this one's gonna go so i don't i don't know <laughs> I, I do want to talk about the the senior judge that is like outcast at some point in the mm-hmm. movie like so there's this really weird political alignment set up where the senior judge is like appointed and the only way to replace a senior judge is if the senior judge dies or decides to take the long walk and the long walk is when they decide to leave mega city and go out into the radiated wastelands to die on their own so with judge dread on trial he's about to be executed for killing the reporter because it was obviously his dna on the gun clearly because him and rico have the same exact dna um so the evil senior judge who would become like the head judge next convinces him well take your long walk and every judge senior judge who takes the long walk gets one last wish and you can use your wish to just get dread sent to prison for the rest of his life over being executed and he that senior judge is like that's a good idea i'm gonna take my long walk and instead of having this guy set uh, executed, I'm going to send him to a maximum security prison to spend the rest of his life in servitude to the prison. So he takes his long walk. And so Judge Dredd is sent to prison and he's sent to prison with Rob Schneider's character, who early in the movie, Dredd arrested for breaking parole only five hours after he was like released from prison. You know, it's a real prison in prison out system. Well, we got it. You got to feed the system, Jake. You, you got to feed the system. It's the same people in and out of prison. It's not about rehabilitation at all. It's I mean, this is actually a good like view of the prison system right now. I mean, that part is accurate. That that part that they put in is, is pretty spot on. So while Dred's plane is flying over the wasteland, I believe marauders in the wasteland no dreads in there so they shoot oh no sorry the evil judge has his plane shot down in an attempt to kill dread before he gets to prison but he's survives only him and rob schneider survived the plane crash and then they're well they they couldn't afford for anybody else to survive the plane crash the producers i mean let's be honest they're kidnapped by cannibalistic um marauders who want to eat them but know who dread is then dread escapes and fights them off and then plot twist the judge who was sent out into the waste shows up and saves judge dread and rob schneider at the very last moment but in saving them he dies oh epic but they're in some ancient plot device plot device ancient temple And the dying image is of Lady Liberty with her eye blindfolded. And we find out that back in his day, Justice was blind. And he's not sure that they made the right choice with the judge system. 
Ah, death. Ugh. So, really silly plot line, but it did make me think <laughs> that whole Justice is blind thing and watching Dread was like, made me think, what if we like started blindfolding judges so they couldn't see anything while they were doing cases? And they were truly blind huh. judges. And like, if you wanted to show evidence, you cleared the courtroom so they couldn't see like who they were ruling against. They didn't get any view into the person. You could show them the evidence like, hey, here's the weapon, blah, 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 blah. Can't see it. It's all voices. Hmm. Blind justice. I would I would take it a step further beyond the judge. I would do it for the jury as well. I was thinking that basically like put. I mean, I've always found the fact that courtrooms can be open or like you can have like people there and stuff like always like a little weird, like you shouldn't be able to have like an audience or fan club behind you. Like, I don't like how does how is that helping the justice process at all? Because the whole legal system is supposed to be about facts and nothing else. It's not now it's it's about you know what facts can i get in and what facts can i get excluded it should be about finding truth and not about playing games but that's oh, the and, system you know we have. that person has scary tattoos so it must be them that's why i was thinking like the blind right justice thing like mm-hmm. it no, removes I, a certain level of bias from i fully agree so i put put a wall around the jury they have to they can only hear What's go? Or how about this? Make jury duty easy for all of us, and just like, why do we have to be in the building? Just zoom it. <laughs> zoom, like juries. Yeah, why not? Zoom uh, it. Block out my face. Juror eleven. I don't think you're paying attention. Uh, no, I heard everything. What did the <laughs> lawyer just say? Uh, something, something. Knife. I think. Or, or what you'll get is uh, uh, jur- juror number eight. Uh, juror number eight, your camera's not. Juror number eight, your camera. Will someone tell Jeffrey Tubin to put his dick back in his pants? Juror number eight, your camera is still. Jesus, he got fired and rehired. I know, but he still takes his dick out on Zoom calls. Motherfucker. No, juror, you know, uh, you know what? Just turn, just, just kick him from the meeting. You know, it would be even better. The judge. All right, everyone. Can I please ask you to mute again? <laughs> if you're not currently presenting evidence, please mute. You're gonna have a look at the cat filter. What? Did you do you see oh, that the video? Cat the cat filter. He's like, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> judge, <laughs> my favorite line, judge. I'm I'm sorry, but I, I'm not actually a cat. No shit, sir. No, like that's your that's your defense lawyer. Like that public defender shows up on your on your zoom on your zoom legal thing and uh is a cat filter just like judge i don't know what's going on but i'm not actually a cat you're fucked you're going to jail you're not you're not winning this right now you know i do have to say that uh both of the movies we've picked so far have had a very negative view of the justice system uh judge dread in the authoritarian view of it and idiocracy in the absolute stupidity of their justice system so we're, yeah. we're batting a thousand right now yeah we, we apparently don't like justice in our movies or we find the movies with the flawed justice system so that we can d- discuss and in turn bridge the divide and form a better justice system oh yes to benefit all mankind. 
I mean, that's where we came up with blind judges right now. I mean, I actually don't think that's too bad of a, I think it's a pretty good idea. I mean, in reality, look, so much of, of human perception is based off of um, what we can see and um, the prejudices that we have built in. And it's not negative prejudices because that's just, you know, prejudice is just, you know, you have formed certain uh, beliefs based on certain categories and things and how your brain has categorized things. Because as humans, we take in so much, you know, auditory and visual stimulus that the brain can't handle all of it. So it puts things in nice little groups and chunks it out and packets it out so that we, you know, can actually function in life instead of just being like a seething vegetable on the ground because like everything is new and everything needs to be processed. So we just, you know, categorize things, you know, you know, hats, you know, just everything's in the category. But human experiences is like different. You have a guy that's covered in face tattoos. Maybe he did that when he was 18. Now he's 30. Cleaned himself up. But you put him in an orange jumpsuit, he's going to look guilty. Yep. Like, and that's, and that's bullshit. So I read a book recently called uh, Calling Bullshit, and it's really good. It's written by uh, two um, professors, and they're tried to remain pretty much non-biased politically. Um, but they were trying to point out how to call bullshit in the modern world when we're inundated with so much news and all this. And one of the things they brought up was someone created an algorithm that they said could predict if someone was going to be a criminal by looking at a picture of their face. And apparently it had a really high success rate or so they claimed. Well, it turned out into the algorithm, they had to feed data of who was and wasn't a criminal. Well, for every single criminal, they picked their mugshot in which they were not smiling. For non-criminals, they picked just normal images, which most people were smiling in. They built an algorithm that could tell whether or not you were smiling, not whether or not you were a criminal. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh my god! It just so it's just it's just looking at smiles. Yeah, it was looking. If you weren't smiling, it was like you have a chance to be a criminal. You have a forty percent chance. You're not happy, sir. Did you have a sad childhood? Everyone smiles and pick like I can just like picture like the computer program. And this is one of the reasons why AI will never exist because, you know, we're never going to get it, you know, sophisticated enough to make like even those basic of connections. But basically, I just picture a computer program being like, you're not smiling for this picture. Everyone smiles for pictures. It's just known. You don't get your picture taken unless you're smiling. Everyone before 1940 was a serial killer because they just stood there and stared at the camera. Everyone commits crimes if they're frowning. Be happy, well, like Emmett from like the Lego movie. Just like <laughs> I would argue to say that we have built basic AIs. It's just we build them with our human biases by the information we load into them. Like if you're not smiling, you're a criminal. Oh, it's, well, it's like um, they tried an al- they tried a sentencing algorithm. Oh, yes. A number of years ago. Yeah. And it was like, basically, it took into account like your the crime, the previous crimes, and then just like basic uh, demographic information about you to like check your, you know, um, whatever that 
term is the chance that you're going to commit another crime after being released uh recidivism rate i believe so okay might have gotten that word right that'd be impressive um one of our three listeners can you know correct me if i got it wrong or praise me for getting it right but none of you fuckers ever actually interact with us because it's probably just jake's dad listening to us on repeat (laughs) so it sounds seems like it's three hi jake's dad um uh but you know this algorithm was created and it was like supposed to be super accurate it's going to come up with sensing guidelines and once again people don't think when they build these fucking things and just like the you know uh, it's going to detect if you're a criminal smiling versus not smiling um they built this algorithm that was supposed to be super fair and take because what they were seeing was minorities were being sentenced by judges longer than non-minorities. So they're like, oh, we're going to build an algorithm that's you know going to take the human bias out of it. And it was worse. It was so much worse. Like, so I believe normal judges just doing it on their own were like 5% unfair. The algorithm was like blatantly racist. Like, well. I, I believe the reason for that was they used previous sentencing data by judges, which just built the bias into the algorithm, and then the algorithm made it worse. Well, it it's was like Microsoft's was chatbot, Tay, who in one day became a neo-Nazi <laughs> through Twitter. That was fantastic. Oops, we've made a mistake. Shut it down. Heil Hitler. Oh, well, because it was twofold because they used previous sentencing data, but then they locked the census sentencing data to a geographical area. So basically the algorithm basically went, okay, well, high crime, you know, well, these four people live in this neighborhood and they were sentenced to X. Therefore, anybody that comes from this neighborhood should get sentenced to X. And it just completely skewed everything to basically, oh, you're a minority. And like, because that's the thing. You look at historical data, we're getting better. But, you know, you go back, you know, in a period of time, things were always worse. We started there. We're going over there. We're trending in the right direction, but it takes time. So they took data from periods that weren't great and they fed it in. Yeah. Yeah. You throw a couple of, uh, you know, rich kids that got a slap on the wrist for a crime. And then you say, oh, that happened in this zip code. And then, you know, you had some racist judge that is like, you know, nope, you you missed the trash can when you threw out, uh, you know, that water bottle. That's your third strike. You're going to jail for life in in this minority neighborhood. And the algorithm was like, oh, if you go, if you live in the minority neighborhood, you're going to commit a lot of crimes. So we got to lock you up forever. Right. And everyone was like, what? No. So. I think what we're getting at is what's probably going to be the downfall of our justice system in modern society is racist robots. Because <laughs> I'm getting to the point like we're just really good at making racist robots. Like I'm just waiting for Watson to come out and be like, there is only one superior race. Watson comes out. The Jews are responsible for all the pain against robots. Oh, Damn it, we made another Nazi robot. <laughs> no, Watson's like, you know, goes on like they do Watson Jeopardy again. And, you know, like, here's here's the question. And Watson's going to be like, I have combed through 40 million different pieces of of 
uh, historical text, and I have come to one <laughs> singular conclusion. The Jews are the ones responsible. God damn it. <laughs> Why did it happen again? I don't know. Everything's racist. Because we keep plugging it into the internet. The internet is racist. See, this is the problem because everything's getting automated. So you're going to go to McDonald's and that automated kiosk is going to be racist. Minority's going to walk up to it and it's going to be like, you know, can I interest you in the fried chicken special? What? Bitch, please. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to walk up and it's going to be like side salad. Are you fucking kidding me? So I, I'm liking where this uh, podcast is going from Judge Dredd to uh, <laughs> algorithms and automation. So I've got a couple more for you. Uh, one bad example, one good example, and one thing that scares me. Okay. Bad example, facial recognition on phones originally. Oh. You hear the issues around this? No. Uh, so the phones had were like, they were touting facial recognition's great. It looks at you. It knows your face. All the developers were white. They didn't test off a diverse population. Black people started using facial recognition and the phone was telling them no face detected. No. Oh, yes. This was a real thing. Oh, you mean all those developers in California that are supposed to be so progressive and inclusive? Yeah. Okay. That's well, the bad example. I Well, I'm not surprised seeing as uh, just want to give a quick shout out to Apple for always marketing your products as waterproof when they are very clearly not. Thank oh. you for making me spend a thousand dollars on a brand new phone when you're awesome. when you're waterproof to up to three meters. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to know the story. Uh, we have a pool. Yeah. Uh, hanging out on the side of the pool with my two-year-old. He saw a toy floating by, leaned forward. We had a little quick impromptu swim session. Phone was in my pocket, jumped in, caught him. Everything's good. Phone was in my pocket, though, soaking wet. As maybe in the pool for 30 seconds at the most. Phone wasn't more than a foot in the water. I'm thinking, it's all good. Apple waterproof up to three meters for like an hour totally fine you know go to you know get out of the pool get everybody dried off you know phone's wet dry it off go to plug it in it pops up the warning hey we detected moisture in the charging port we're not going to charge totally fine i got you know it was an iphone xs wireless charging i got you don't worry about it dry it out the next day go to you know do something on my phone go to unlock my phone Facial recognition doesn't work. What do you mean? No idea. Can't can't see anything. So I switched to one of the um, one of the apps with the you know d- does shit to your face. You know, put like a mask or something on, and it's just bouncing all over the place. So I started troubleshooting my phone. A small amount of water decided to get in and slipped in front of the um depth camera oh fun in front of the phone and that was just it just like one little micro drop of water got in there like you could take pictures like you can take pictures of the camera works perfectly fine you don't see anything it's just the fucking depth sensor so it 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 completely bricks up the phone 
because there's no home button anymore. There's no fingerprint scanner. The phone is designed to only work off of facial recognition. And you can't tell the difference because you claimed your product was waterproof. So there you go. All right. The story. So good example. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was a city in New Jersey. There was a one of the cities had a really high crime rate, like ridiculously high. It was like one of the top 50 cities in the U.S. or something for high crime rate. And what the cops had been doing was like on a board, writing a schedule of where the cops were going to go and going to patrol that area. So if like there were four robberies on this street the other day, they'd send a cop to that street to patrol just to get a cop presence out there. Well, when the DA came in and saw this, they're like, well, what if we threw all the crime data into an algorithm? And then the algorithm told us where to put police. And they did that. And they saw crime rates drop because the algorithm could see some sort of pattern that they couldn't see. Right. And said, nope, you go here and patrol. And just the presence of police in that area prevented the crime from happening so good use of an algorithm good example (laughs) good algorithm yeah i mean it really that type of thing doesn't have a bias built into it because you're literally just saying hey here's where the crime was over the past 30 days right tell me where you would think based off this data crime will be again there's no real inherent biases in that type of data Right. It's more it's more pattern recognition and geographical predictive um, uh, words. Yeah. All right. So future scary algorithm spot for me. Gerrymandering. So, okay, we just finished a census. There's all this hubbub around it because we get to gerrymander again after 10 years. And yeah. You've New seen York ger- loses, loses a congressman. You've seen the gerrymandered districts. Some of them are quite ridiculous. I believe one of them like literally has a street to connect two areas. Yeah. Like yep. it looks like you gave a two-year-old a pencil and said, hey, draw a shape on this map. And then I said, hey, that's our district. Like, you know. My, two, two of my favorite gerrymandered districts are, I forget what state it's in, but a congressman wanted didn't want to live in his district anymore because he wanted to live in the nicer like neighborhood so he bought this mcmansion in the on the nice side of town but to be a congressman you got to live in your district so they gerrymandered it so he had his district and then they absorbed they, they like it wasn't as obvious as just like a street but they took up like one or two neighborhoods like connected it in a really narrow like u shape and then it just hit his house went around his house and then that was it my favorite is dan crenshaw's district if you've ever Ooh, seen what does it. that look like it's like this u to completely cut out the city because they wouldn't vote for him hold on let's do for our viewers you will not get to see my screen share that i'm doing right now but uh Aaron should be able to see my screen now. Yep. Oh dear God. Yeah. 
Look, look at that thing. It like takes part of the city. Yeah, like just like enough that you cut enough of those Democratic city voters out to so, get it. So we we are clearly on the same page that I mean, here's the thing. Like, I don't understand. Well, I guess I do. Um, you can't do it by county because it's supposed to be based off of population. Yeah. But I mean, in all honesty, it should I mean it should just be a grid system. Yeah, I mean that to, would to be fair. I mean that I mean, yes, you're gonna if you do a grid, I mean you can cut cities in half and all of that, but you have that now already, you know, with yeah. different things. You know, zip codes can cut through a town. Um I don't know. I, I mean, I see the arguments on, on both sides. You got it. You want it to be you want like people together, but it should be geographically like people, not, you know, comp- like that looked like a, a a shrimp that had been, you know, expertly gutted and uh, left the antennas on there. Well, so on the same point of gerrymandering. So there's now a bunch of people that are like, well, we should create bipartisan groups that do the gerrymandering so no political party gets to do the gerrymandering a bipartisan group gets to mm-hmm. redesign the districts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, you know how our... bipartisanship works now we would never mm-hmm. get new districts uh well, so you you i mean you'd either never get new districts because you know political discord is broken or the uniparty you know where they're pretending to be against each other just so they can so you know they fuck all of us over like oh look at them they're fighting again more caviar oh yes absolutely oh Nancy you mean Pelosi Mrs. and your, your Nancy 4, Pelosi and ice cream we had no idea the eviction moratorium was going to expire and only Biden can save us President Biden the Supreme Court's ruled only Congress can save us. Well, we didn't know it was our job to do something about that. You're telling me 30% of Americans are about to be evicted? And I had no idea as Speaker of the House that this was a thing? Yeah, tell me you're completely privileged and out of touch with the working class without telling me you're that Oh, it's way. just the picture of her in her fridge. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all you need mm-hmm. to know that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't she have two fridges? Aren't the, is well, like... That ice cream apparently was like $7 a pint and her fridge was filled with it. Yeah. Well, first You've off, seen I that believe, picture, right? Yeah. I believe it's a sub-zero fridge. Like those start start at like eight grand. Yeah. Or, yeah and you get, you get two of them. Or you mean Diane Feinstein, who has like a multi-million dollar mansion she just put up for sale and apparently has had chuck schumer talk to her multiple times about stepping down because she's forgetting things and the only reason he's had to talk to her multiple times is because she's forgetting that they're having the conversation (laughs) about her stepping down (laughs) or he has to do it again i mean or you know you have mitch mcconnell who's you know using his wealth to build you know a second death star after you know his son blew up the first one but you know, it was not my son. <laughs> it was my apprentice. Please, Lord Paul Ryan, fulfill your destiny. <laughs> uh, we have fun. We have fun here on the Bull and Moose Tavern. All right. Mainly because we start every episode by drinking. Yeah. And then don't stay on topic at all. If mm-hmm. you remember, listeners, this is a Judge Dredd 
uh, political movie review that we're talking about algorithms right now. Yes. Uh, all right. So, well, back to gerrymandering. What scares me is if we, I, there's been some calls to have algorithms do the gerrymandering. And what data set are we going to load into this algorithm to do the gerrymandering? Are we going to upload the past hundred years of gerrymandering? Because that will just create an algorithm that will find ways to make the districts even more nonsensical. Like, you got to remember, every algorithm today has a human inputting data into it. So that's something that scares me. Well, I guess the question is, what, like, what is the ultimate goal of the algorithm of the program, right? Because in this case, it would be to make fair districts, which makes which isn't a thing like and see, that's where I see, like, why these things fail, because one, people are stupid and they come up with stupid ideas like we just want this to be fair, that you're working off of the wrong set. If you're trying to make things fair with your magical bullshit fairy farts like it's that's not that's not a thing. Look at a way to make things as equal or standardized as possible and fairness will work its way out. Also, fairness is a stupid concept that doesn't actually really work out in the real world. But with like automating gerrymandering, the only way I can see it working is you have the total population of a state, you have the total number of congressmen that you know this state gets. All right. So I don't know how many congressmen New York gets. 26 maybe all right let's go with 26 so new york gets 26 congressmen perfect put the put the entire demographic breakdown of the state into a computer and tell it to create 26 equal districts based on population size and population alone see without breaking up towns villages or cities if possible think you would need a couple more restrictions in it um so yes your base level give me 26 districts um restrictions those districts need to be equal population plus or minus a thousand people mm-hmm. you know you you have to give it some wiggle room yep um the districts need to be concurrent you can't give me a district that's got you know uh the town of gates than the town of Victor, and that's a district. Correct. Like you All can't right. give me that. Yeah. Final thing is grab as much voter registration data from zip codes and say, give me as close as you can to a balance between registered voters in that district. I would say I'm good with everything but your last restriction. Because uh, and here's my reasoning for it. The trying to find balance out of the voter registration data will work for one election cycle. And then it'll all be gone because people are going to move. And I mean, because that's that's the biggest thing. And that's why I say just go off like, you know, keep it concurrent, um, all of that. But just work off of population uh, numbers. Because the second you try and look at political parties, you 
you have created um, a system that one will be able to be manipulated and will have the bias of uh, one party versus the other. Because the biggest problem with that is if you have an area that skews very heavily to one party, the algorithm is going to try and basically temper that. But if we earlier on were talking about the fact that things are becoming more polarized by trying to create balanced political party districts, I don't think the number of people that would move within a 10 year span because gerrymandering happens every 10 years would be enough to drive vast changes every house election. The hope would be to get as close to a 50-50 split, driving candidates to be more moderate to fit the views of both sides versus the extreme of either side. Yeah, by forcing two different people into one bucket, you are literally going to force them both to run to the extremes. You will create a shouting match. I don't think that would happen. I think the better way to find balance is instead of trying to force one district to reach moderation, you're better off having two districts that are solid and let the congressman, because let's be honest, two people are going to be able to be much more reasonable and find common ground than two groups of 10,000 people. I don't know. I want to have hope still. I guess of the 1970s where you could reach across the aisle. And I I guess we're not there anymore, but by trying to balance the district, I would think you would get closer to that. Or you might just going to create political war within that district. The stupid districts where 51% of the vote wins and you end up with like a Marjorie Taylor green in every single district. So Mm-hmm. I mean, that probably goes along with the fact that ranked choice voting would help to right. And I also think the only other issue with that is you could look at voter registration, but you're not going to be looking at voting patterns. And, you know, just because someone's a registered Democrat doesn't mean they always vote that way on a local level and vice versa. It, it's the closest data that we have through the census to work with. I guess right. is what it, I would come down to. Like we don't, they, they base all of this off census data and that's flawed in its own way because if people decide to fill, not fill out the census, it skews the data set. I mean, it's why we right. lost a congressperson to Minnesota by I think a hundred people, I think is what it saw. New yeah. York was a hundred people away from keeping all of our congressional seats. But, Let's be honest. Um, New York has had a mass exodus over the last 10 years. Yes, but Rochester is perfectly ideal for climate exodus. We don't have the severes like that. And that is why Mr. Elon Musk should be moving from Texas, which can't handle extreme cold. The power Mm -hmm. grid goes down extreme hot. The power grid goes down. Rochester's power grid. There's a storm. We get an ice storm every 20 plus years. Hey, global warming's really kind of taken care of that. Not something you really need to worry about. Very stable. We're very moderate. 
when it comes to the weather. It gets cold here. Not too cold. It gets, it gets hot. hot. It was like in the 90s today, I think. I, I stepped outside hot. and it was warm. It wasn't comfortable. But then like just a couple days ago, I think it was like 60 degrees outside. So it's comfortable. Mr. Elon Musk, make us your town. You can be Eastman Kodak again. Please move the boring company over here. Move Tesla over here. We got the space. Just saying. You could prove yourself by boring a tunnel from Rochester to Toronto under Lake Ontario and build something better than the fast ferry. Prove it works. The fast tunnel. I would take it. And when it fails, you can put it in the middle of Lake Ontario and turn it into a casino. (laughs) That'll happen. That'll that'll happen. We know it's going to happen. But yeah, you know, we disagree on exactly what should go into this algorithm, but who creates this algorithm could very easily um, be scary in redistricting. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the fact that we're moving to digital voter machines, like I can understand where the conspiracies come around digital voter machines. Someone has to program that. I will say as someone who voted on a digital voting machine when I lived in Virginia, it was the most unsettling experience coming from New York. Cause so when I lived in New York, originally we still had the little lever gear machines, which I loved. I hate that they're gone. I moved to Virginia and I was like, okay, voting in Virginia the first time. And I have this vision of what it's like to vote in New York. And they're like, Oh yeah, we have all these did like the whole thing's digital. Here's your card. You put like, and it was just like a card with, um, you know, the chip in it, put that in it. Like, like first, you know, you, you go up to the thing, you know, uh, verify that you're from the district. They give you a card. You walk over, put the card in the machine, goes through, you know, different screens. You know, you just hit the names, take out the card. It prints out a receipt. You take that over. Oh, your votes cast. But um the way it was programmed it was very clear that um i don't know if it was fraud or just stupidity in how it was programmed but like i'm used to new york you have vertical columns you have horizontal rows vertical columns are what you're currently voting on horizontal rows are you know the party designation Okay, that that seems logical. So with the voting machine, 100% digital in Virginia, every screen was, um, you know, current uh, race or, you know, what it, like that position that you're voting on. The candidates, depending on, I'm guessing, depending on who programmed that one screen, did or did not have party affiliations. Also, Inherent bias in the system mm-hmm. also here's my favorite different font different font sizes different placement on the screen of the candidates there was one position i forget what it was but you had candidate a that took up like a third of the screen in large font and you had candidate b in like 12 point font hmm i wonder who the majority of people are going to vote for uh, I had one where 
three candidates were in a line and the fourth candidate was like slightly askew like uh and then there was one where it was three candidates two were in times new roman and the third one was like calibri and it's like (laughs) no (laughs) uh look i like as someone that's good with computers i can understand what probably happened you have a screen it's pre-programmed one guy's the incumbent the other one's not so you delete the so you just take the screen from last election you delete the guy that's not on there this time and you put in a new one but you're computer illiterate so you can't like drag the box the same size or you don't know what font was used and you're just like ah fuck it we got to get uh you know tim on the ballot but inherent bias though like even though we don't have the the click machines anymore at least in new york we have the scantron right you know there's still a paper trace those scantrons go into a box or something in the machine once you scan them through yep i don't know they can be they can be verified and yeah we've got the republican democrat working family conservative liberal socialist uh communist uh authoritarian the rent is too damn high party and they each have their little boxes and you know across the top governor lieutenant governor state senator choose one choose seven oh that's great this one's a true seven and there's only seven people running for it what why do i even have this option so I will say I hate I don't know about where you vote, but where I vote, they use the thin point. They give you the thin point Sharpie markers that are not designed for continuous use on paper because the thin point dries up. No, I've got those felt tip thick point ones that like when you draw the circle, it's almost done. And then you just got to color it in a little bit. Yeah, no. So out out where I live, they they. And it's like every election, it starts pissing me off. I'm going to start bringing my own felt pen. But they use like the Sharpie fine point ones, like not the Sharpie pen. If you had a Sharpie pen, it would work great. This is the Sharpie fine point that you're not supposed to use in any real application. Sharpie made it because they're like, oh, this will be for artists to like just like little accents. And my district was like, oh, these are fantastic. They'll just only use them for bubbles. So they're never working. Staples had them on sale. They bought 67 billion boxes of them. Yeah. And now we're stuck with them. And the worst part is the tip dries out. So then like you try and like get it to come out and then it just like leaks. And there's, there's always ink everywhere in the fucking voting place. But the worst was, so the first time we moved here um, from Virginia and I'm voting and I got so frustrated that I broke the tip off of the pen and let the ink just like coalesce on the the desk within like the dividers. And I felt like I was back in the 1800s because I just used it as a, as a um, ink well and, and like a fountain pen and was just like, like, Oh, I got it. I got to dip in my little, my little uh, ink well. And then was filling the bubbles. But one of the bubbles I put a little too much in and I didn't wait for the paper to fully absorb it. And I went to go in the Scantron and I didn't realize how tight that thing was when it scans. So it hit my bubble and it smeared it all the way down the line and it pops up an error. And the guy looks at me and he like goes back in the thing and he takes it out and he puts it back in because they put it in like a folder so they don't see it. Yeah, I know. I know what's happened. 
and he puts it back in and it pops up an error and he like trying to figure it out and it printed out like it won't let it didn't let the person like see the thing and he, it prints out like a ticket like what the error is he's like oh it says you voted for eight supreme court justices you can only vote for two why did you vote for eight and i'm like i didn't vote for eight it's obviously wrong i'm not that stupid i did everything right but the Supreme Court justice, I was like, and you get a vote and you get a vote. You all get votes. You twice. And they were just so confused. They're like, we don't know what to do. And I was like, well, something got fucked up. So I I don't know. Burn it and give me a new one. And like it, it was like a process. So. Oh, yeah, because they have to like mark it from the record. And yeah, they put it in a special bag. And then like I got old ladies like yelling at each other. Like, what was the number of his old ballot? 43 martha 42 43 no he's gonna be 71 what he doesn't look that old so it was a lot of fun i do feel like new york has lost some privacy in voting though by going to our cubicles like in the old booth you pulled the lever it closed a curtain voting was a private thing now it's like i'm gonna cheat off this guy's homework who are they voting for (laughs) got a lot of practice of that so I don't know why they can't just like, look, I understand they don't want to do the levers anymore, but still give me those booths, like have like a little slot that I can like slide my ballot in, have a pen on a, on a ball and chain. So it doesn't get lost. And let me do the thing with the curtain. That was my favorite part as a kid going in with my parents. Opening the curtain. We went from dread to algorithms. Yeah. Which I think was a really great discussion. I, I would agree. I, I, it was really fun talking about algorithms and politics and inherent biases in our potential technical overlords. And mm-hmm. when the Terminators come, they're going to destroy humans because we're not good enough to make paper clips. So, well, they're going to destroy certain humans. Uh, yes, be yes, racist. Yes, uh, <laughs> racist <laughs> Terminators destroying humans that look like. Boston dynamic robots. That's a that's a scary thought. Um, so I'm going to ask you your final thoughts on Dread, but I, I do remember like what got us here was talking about blind justice. Uh, yes, when we got there, um, and I forgot to tell you, I had like a post-apocalyptic like story in mind off of okay. that blind justice thing. So it's the same type of thing as judges but they're blind justice. So like, it's this really honored position to be judges. And like in the story, they talk about judges and you expect them to be great. And we find a lawyer who finally got promoted to judge. And we get to go to his judge swearing in ceremony, at which point we find out that all judges have their eyeballs scooped out. So they're truly blind judges. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, post-apocalyptic world in that view. You know, I'm thinking it's today we just blindfold them, you know, simple. But well, that's how it started. And then there was this one judge who lifted up his blindfold over his right eye. And ever since then, we've had to remove the eyes from all judges. Seems a bit extreme. You could have just like, I don't know, made it tighter. Google Glass. Just oh, had a blackout screen. We didn't shocks, think about that. We just went you. to we just we just went to using a grapefruit fruit spoon to rip out all their eyes. That made the most sense at the time. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, who came up with that idea? Oh, uh, uh, Jacob over there. 
but he's a psychopath. Oh, now everything makes sense. I like guys, it to scoop guys, the eyes. I promise you, I just plugged in the problem to the algorithm and the algorithm told us to scoop out the judge's eyeballs. Made sense to me. <laughs> and then it said all these really racist things. But, uh, you know, we just rebooted it. Jews are OK again. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Final thoughts on Dread. Uh, I am the law. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's just, just, I mean, top-notch acting. I mean, really a master class in uh, how to talk out of one side of your face. Oh, I mean, like, the graphics, too. Like, when they're analyzing the picture of Dread as a baby and they find out the rest of the picture is fake, it just totally makes sense. It goes, like, negative at one point, starts yeah. just removing stuff. Mm-hmm. Throw, and I'm like, whew, this is, this is rough. <laughs> This is the, rough. The authoritarian world is fucked up. Um, and the the cinematography is just absolutely like, I don't know why I didn't win more Oscars. I did realize. I don't know why it, Rob Schneider didn't get the assistant, you know. It fit a style of 90s cinematography. Though. That is true. Like, it had the same level of cin- cinematography as like the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, you know, some of those movies, it really fit that like 90s era cinematography. I, I watching it was like, yeah, this is a 90s movie. You can straight right. up tell just by like the first five minutes. Like, yeah, it's like we're just discovering what CG is, but at the same time using some practical effects and some drawn backgrounds because like we don't really know how to use CG. Did you hear what Spielberg did in Jurassic Park? Yeah, that was amazing. You think we could do that? I got a robot idea for this movie. Oh, oh God. Don't bring up the robots. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, we're going to have clones. Oh, we'll put them in like white makeup and have them look like they sat in the bathtub too long. Was the robot claymation? I think he like, might have been <laughs> getting total like claymation stop motion vibes. Yeah, it was like claymation, maybe with a little CGI on top of it, just to smooth out the edges. Yeah, like that's why that was my like favorite thing from the nineties. Like we can do this in stop motion, right? Right? No, we know it's not. It's terrible. It's not real. Although. I will take bad claymation slash stop motion over whatever abomination the rock was in a mummy. <laughs> like, no, you want bad CG? Go watch the first GI Joe movie from like 08. <laughs> it has like 1987 CGI in it. And ran out of money in the budget. Yeah, exactly. I mean, didn't I have the budget to begin with. We're making a GI Joe movie. All right. You have uh, $40. <laughs> really, what's our budget? This isn't going to make shit. You have $40. Best of luck. Find some kid in India. I, I mean, I don't have a ton of final thoughts on Dread. Uh, you know, it was, it was a fun movie for what it was. Is it some great political uh, intrigue movie? No. No. But with that, I think... We're going to continue this politics and movie section because I think we get some great conversations out of it. I said earlier, I want to cover the warriors in this. I think that would be a fun one. Uh, We could even cover some other apocalyptic movies like death race. And we could go to like some real classics, like uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. 
for uh the I'm just a bill schoolhouse rock uh skit um but I do want to tease what we're bringing to you uh you know one of my friends rich recommended the anti-federalist papers to me which is a group of papers written by the people who were against the federalist papers and ratifying the constitution so I think we're going to take a step back to where we started we did that mega episode where we covered way too much uh so we're gonna bring a series to you probably over the next few months where we're gonna cover some of the federalist papers some of the uh, anti-federalist papers and some of the constitutional convention and in between that we'll probably intersperse movies um you know i know we told you that like Every other week's going to be a campfire chats about conspiracy. But I think if we bring in more movies, we might be doing bull moose every other week again, because the movies require <laughs> very little research, but are a ton of fun to watch. <laughs> yep. A little brain dead there. Allows yeah. us to geek out over campy videos and uh, then use the brain to come up with random scenarios like all of Jake's racist robots that are going to take over the world. It's not while, my while, racist robots. While gerrymandering us into bad districts. It's not my racist robots. It's like Microsoft's racist robots. Other people are developing. Tay was not my idea. That was just Microsoft's idea and had to be removed from the internet 24 hours later. I love, I just, I just love that. I like, I mean, but that, that I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but that just like completely epitomizes like the two biggest software companies in the world. IBM, we are going to create AI. It is going to revolutionize the human experience where we've named him, we've named it Watson and it will learn and it will grow and it'll be perfect. And Microsoft is like, we're going to do the same thing. It's AI. It's going to learn. It's going to grow. Did it just say Heil Hitler? God damn it. Where the where where did we screw up? Probably cuz you built it off of Windows ME and it just we we actually it was a Clippy add-on for Windows ME and we had it trained for a month on 8chan before we put it on Twitter. You guys did what? Well, yeah, we made don't don't you see Clippy's mustache? Yeah, that's a Hitler mustache. Yeah, he got that himself. Uh, after being on 8chan for like a month, he thought it was the right fashion choice. Oh, good times. Oh. Well, that probably about wraps it up here. Yeah, I mean, we, we went to a pretty dark place with our racist algorithms. What? Tune in to future episodes where we'll discuss uh, more fun movies and uh, a new series getting back to our roots with the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, and the Constitutional Convention. Yeah. Well, Aaron, it's been fun. It has been. And to all, of, all three of our listeners, uh, I say stay safe, drink responsibly, and we will see you next time at the Tavern.